is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board. And I'm here with my partner, Big John, and we got a fast-paced show today. Big John, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, William, and I know we say a fast pace, which is antithetical to a big dude like me, but I'll give it my best shot today. I guess you would be the tortoise to my hair. There you go. There you go. <laughs> of course, you're a pretty big tortoise. Yeah. Well, you're a sea turtle. How's that? Have you ever seen the sea turtle, John? Not at all. No. Massive. At the older ones, few hundred. I'm a diver. Yeah. I've had the God's given luck to have seen this. And John, I saw one in Indonesia. I could sit there. I could have sit there and gone like this, you know, from right. arm length to arm length. And uh, 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 he would. I would have been probably just as long. But that arm length to arm length was circular. I could have gone circular. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you wow. can't touch him, you know. But it was Indonesia. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah but anyway uh we got a great show tonight we're going to talk a little old and new news catch the people up on everything everything from matthew stafford to uh oh i'm sorry not matthew stafford but we're going to catch you up on deshaun watson how do you say it akeem talib right Akeem talib yep it's a spelling there's no you in that spelling so it, it gets me sometimes you know we're going to talk about the police blotter catch you up on the police blotter and uh we're going to talk a little bit about the FanX draft. Big John's going to tell us a little bit about the very first fantasy football experts league that's still mm -hmm. going today. And I'm glad to see it going today. A little disappointed. It could have been a little bit bigger than what it should be, but lots of good stuff. A couple of uh, goodbyes to some stalwart people, some well-known people, and then we'll call it a wrap. All right. And it'll be next time. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's do it here. Big John. Let's start with the police blotter. Alvin Kamara, his trial has been delayed. Yeah. It looks like he's going to play the full season. First, John, your football take uh, in terms of uh, your regular football analysis, but a little bit of the fantasy side. But what's this? This kind of bugs me. It's like, to me, there's no reason for this delay. It just, it seems as, as a society, we get more mucked up, mucked up in terms of uh, playing games. And now the judicial system, uh, well, not, it's always been involved, but it just se it just seems to be, Part of this new world of chaos we're in. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know if it's chaos so much as it, it's the legal system, right? So from what I understand, you know, Kamara and some friends, uh, they got brought up on charges of DUI, assault, battery, things like that. So uh, this happened February. Their trial has been delayed twice. Now, in both times, uh, the defense requested more time to get its facts and its case together, which were granted by a judge. So it's not like something weird is happening. This is part of the legal process. Anyone who's had to go through this understands you might be in a rush to get justice. The law allows both sides to, to, to a certain amount of time and a certain amount of retries, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, usually it's three. Um, <laughs> to get their case together so you know it's just it is what it is you know i could just see the, the lawyer so, so so we delayed it twice we got one more delay yeah and and so it's really going to avoid the 2023 get it delayed so you can play through 2023 i mean it, maybe you look yeah. let's look I'm, I'm trying to be realistic about it right on the one hand i don't think it's an automatic case of preference on the other hand is the timing preferable to the saints and to kamara absolutely so uh, i i i i don't try to conspiratorialize if that's a word uh everything <clears throat> in this particular case it's the legal process right 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 and, and, now, and i wasn't saying that yeah that right, right the yeah. system they're gaming the system 
but they're not doing any shenanigans or anything right. illegal or unethical. This is what lawyers do. This is what Absolutely. good lawyers do. Yes, I mean, this yeah. is a good lawyer he got. Now, yeah. football, though. Uh, oh, and real quick, I guess my issue is just the whole judicial system. Well, it's just become this whole bog down machine. And it only hurts us. It helps the rich still because they can afford right. uh, uh, the money with the fees and, and the time, et cetera, et cetera. Poor people got to get back to work. They got to get a lawyer. So I guess that's where I'm coming from. And it just gets old. Right. But that said, I don't fault Kamara. He's doing what's right. Football-wise, what does this mean for the Saints? Oh, nothing could be better for the Saints, whether you're talking about NFL, whether you're talking about fantasy. What it means is Kamara's been able to be at camp. He's been in practice. That means they can count on them for 2023 season more and more likely. Like there's an outside chance something may happen towards the end of the 23 season, but it's becoming less and less probable. Looks like 2023 and the 2023 postseason is definitely available for Kamara and the Saints. From a fantasy perspective, yep, put Kamara right back up in those top three, top four running backs, uh, maybe top 10 overall players, period. Uh, he's He's healthy. He's going to play. That uncertainty is gone. Another reason why, William, like we said last episode, you wait as long as possible to conduct your league draft, you know, yeah. you know, to the extent that you can. Um, Kamara is one of the better, if not preferable running backs in fantasy and in the NFL. So from what could be better for the Saints? This worked out perfectly, other than an outright acquittal. And if you read a lot of articles, there's not 100% consensus that Kamara is actually guilty of anything, you know, like there's, I mean, a good lawyer could probably get him off, although that remains to be played out in court. Well, John, but, yeah, this was in Vegas. Uh, what are the odds? This is on surveillance somewhere. So, so right. I, I've heard somebody say that too. And, and I don't argue because I'm like, yeah, that's true. Except this is Vegas. The odds of surveillance being somewhere is probably high. So I'm sure that lawyers grill Kamara. We can't play games here. Cause if, if you say one thing and they get it on video, not only are you screwed in court, yeah, but you're screwed with the NFL and how much longer. Okay, the final question on this before we move on. The speculation is a six-game suspension. I was reading up. It was a pretty violent beatdown of the guy. He destroyed his orbital, his eye orbital, eye, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. He's messed up. And, man, I don't know if it's a vicious uh, or maybe I'm looking at it differently. Uh, but six games, it, it, let's say it turns out to be true. He was responsible. Wow, is six games enough of a punishment for something like that? I, I, you know, over the years, my beliefs have morphed to if there was no crime, the NFL shouldn't punish anybody. And that's that's been my position. And some people might say, well, what about sexual misconduct? Things like that. I go, look, at the end of the day, you're always going to have these arguments. You're always going to have these debates. So you know how you you quash all that? You say, we'll punish him when the law punishes him. If the law right. doesn't punish him, why should we punish him? Let's assume there's a civil case where Kamara's ordered to pay $100 million to this guy. Let's assume he's found culpable. That's his punishment, paying $100 million. It's like right. paying $100 million and losing your ability to earn another $100 million doesn't make sense to me. Your punishment is you pay $100 million. Um, that's why we have punishment. You, you, you commit a, a wrongdoing or a crime. You're meted out punishment. Now we're even. Paying a fine... Uh, serving time is how you break even. It's not like, right. you, it's no, not no, like no. you do your time and then you still owe society. No, no, you, you are correct. And we've had this conversation offline yeah. and I agree with that 100%. And, and my friends, that's a libertarian then, John, and, and I agree with them. But here's the problem. Yeah. As I learned standing in front of the captain of my command one day getting chewed out, Petty Officer Delpilar, there is perception 
and there is truth. Sure. And NFL runs on perception. They want to be seen a certain way. Why? It generates hundreds of more millions in sales. And that's why they do what they do. I disagree with it. In a sense, I'm with John. Look, you know, let him play until he is convicted or found guilty. You know, why are you punishing him? They, the courts didn't find him. I'm on the same page. However, again, perception versus reality. So even though I don't agree with it, it's a private business technically. So they can do that. And and as a society, we've come to uh, look at that's the way the NFL is. But, John, I think they could go to your belief and my belief if they did it consistently. Eventually, yeah. the people would go, well, yeah, they're not going to punish him because he has to have his day in court. Not only could they help in educating us into the American system and looking at the American system as being at fault when they let players off or maybe give him too heavy a punishment, it would take all the burden off the NFL. But at the but at the same time, William, I agree with you. But how would the NFL know? You said it's to make dollars. Very simple. If Saints fans stop buying number 41 jerseys, if uh, if Deshaun Watson uh, being on the Browns causes home ticket sales to drop by 50%, that's how they'll know that, hey, we're not going to tolerate this uh, players of this behavior. That is the proper feedback loop. It's not for the NFL to guess what people want. Now, and here's a dirty... Well, John, John, I don't mean yeah. to stop you, but... It's a private business. They can do oh, whatever oh, they oh, want oh, in guessing. Oh, 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 agreed. They're, they're, they're <laughs> sort of a private business, right? Because they're still very much regulated, right? Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. but, but like, so I, I understand that. But the truth of the matter is a lot of big corporations don't wait to see if their business, and again, they have the right to do so, but I disagree with this policy. It's like when you hear someone's been canceled for using the wrong language. Right. Right. People don't wait to see what what happens to their advertisers. The famous case is married with children. When that woman in uh, wherever she was, Minnesota or Michigan, Terry Ricalta went after married with children. Right? She said, "I'm writing all your sponsors because this is a yeah, disgusting show." That. Right? And all these initial sponsors bailed out. They didn't even wait a week. They all just bailed out. What happened? Married with children was so hot that the producer said, "F those sponsors. We're going to charge double for people who stay with us." Because we're that yeah. good, you know. Rush you know Limbaugh what happened? You know what happened? Rush Rush Limbaugh's another guy like who did that when he was. What happened? What happened? Hey, what rates went up. People loved them. Their ratings went up. It was the exact opposite. And if nothing hey. else, that lady, in her own stupid way, actually gave them free publicity. So the NFL, in my opinion, absolutely, or any individual team, if you see that your ticket sales go down, absolutely. Cut the guy. He's 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 a business le loss for you. Well, hold on, hold on, and then we got to move on. Uh, uh, he's also a great player for them. That's well. That's where the balance comes in, right? Each individual right. team. Like, listen, uh, Alvin Kamara. He's the Saints' offense for the most part, right? They're going to have a different standard for him. What what was it that um, Jimmy Johnson used to say? Hey, why does Emmett Smith get to come in late and not practice as hard? Hey, when you're Emmett Smith, you could do the same thing, right? Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree. I, I agree. And point taken. And uh, speaking of Jimmy Johnson, boy, that guy is a greedy old man right now. He he's only going to show up for in studio work when they have a doubleheader game on Fox. <laughs> I mean, it's like I want to retire. I don't want to do this anymore. Anymore, but that check is just too fat, too big, and too green. All right. So hey, I wish we could get out. to that point, man. Why not? So let's move on to a player who's no longer in the league. And the reason I wanted to bring him up is, again, we're so living in such a chaotic society. Sure. Uh, we, we live in a and, and the audience needs to know, society doesn't care about you when it push comes to shove. Case in point, Rolando McClain. 
former Cowboys linebacker. If I'm correct, Alabama stud won the Jack Lambert Award, Dick Buckkiss Awards in 2009, mm-hmm. and helped lead the B, uh, the the tie to a BCS title. Guy involved in drugs. He's out of the league. He was just arrested on gun and drug charges uh, not too long ago. This is a little bit old, but but I still think it's very newsworthy. You know, he was asked to step out of the car after being stopped. He's like, whoa, dude, got a gun in the car. <laughs> you know, you already have all these other issues. But, by the way, very smart of him. Yes, very, very smart. Very smart of him. <laughs> you, you know, I always tell my Latino and Black friends, uh, our cultures are different when a cop comes to a car. It's defensive. It's hate rage filled because you're being stopped. You got all the stereotypes. And and I'd always ask, you know, uh, just get out of the car. Every time I, I mean, I had been stopped in my youth and I should have been hauled to jail uh, a couple of times when I was on the passenger side. Right. And thank God the cop had some patience. And my friend was black and my friend's one telling me, shut up, big mom, shut up, you know? And uh, so, 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 so very smart, very smart. And I'm glad you said that because most people uh, wouldn't even think about that. But that, out of that whole stop, that's probably the most important thing he did. So he was charged with possession of a concealed weapon without a permit, uh, unlawful possession of marijuana and speeding and this isn't the first time it happened in 2017 indefinite suspension in 2016 you know reinstated eventually you know he started to float around the league then the raiders released him in 2013 signed with the ravens and had more run-ins and i just think it's a sad case i mean his football career is over but this is where i look at the nfl pa more than i do the nfl and what i try to tell people based off what's actually happened is they don't take care of the players when they're out of the league. And that includes the players in the league. They don't care about retired players. And I think this is a problem. And I think as, as the NFL gets more chaotic, as these players mm-hmm. get these bigger contracts, yep. there's going to be a small segment of these numbers that are going to increase. Well, first of all, your thoughts on McLean, Rolando, and then your thoughts on the overall situation uh, with players afterwards. Uh, I did uh, my last point to you. Yeah. I did a paper in the 1990s and I wish I still had it. And at the time, 50% of retired uh, NFL players or players out of the league wound up two ways. 50% was some kind of domestic or violence abuse, and the other 50% broke. Right. You know, so so to me, that's what Rolando McLean uh, 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 epitomizes, and, and something must be done. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, look, there's, there's, a, there's two whole different conversations that could take place, so cut me off, please. But the first thing is, nothing of what McLean did from my perspective is actually a crime. They're what libertarians call victimless crimes, which if you want to shorten that, it means no crime at all. No, Big John, I get that. Right. No, yes. I, I understand that. I don't want to go too deep into it, but let me just state my belief. Okay. So that's, that's the baseline for me, right? right. Smoking weed, um, uh, having a, a weapon and speeding. The only one maybe is speeding because you might be endangering others at that point. Right. But Given the law as it is, uh, yeah, it's kind of stupid to repeatedly be caught for the same crime over and over again. Crime. Um, so the possession of weed, most of us find that very trivial. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, whether you're, even if you're 100% neocon, anti-drug, super religious, anti-drug, however you want to describe it, no matter how, if you, whatever category of anti-drug you fall, fall in, possession of marijuana with no intent to sell is particularly the most benign. Like, I mean, even the most hardcore. John, how's it? I'd rather, if so, and let's say there's a car driving yeah. on the road and, and okay, that person's drugged out. 
I'd rather that person has some weed in it than a Xanax. Oh, <laughs> you know? or, or, or or three whiskeys. What's yeah, more well, well, my point is, is all these anti-drug people, yeah. uh, uh, you look at their cabinets, they got all these legal prescription drugs and that some of them are addicted to. So the hypocrisy right. is truly out of this world in some cases, yeah. not obviously. Right, right. Now, the, the gun issue, obviously, I'm a big Second Amendment guy. Everyone should be able to own a <laughs> firearm. But, you know, you can't complain if you openly flout the law. Right. Um, right. McLean wanted a gun. He didn't have a concealed carry permit. I don't even know if he actually had a permit for the gun. I, I'm not sure if it was just a concealed carry permit that he was missing or an overall permit. But in either case, it, you know what the law is. You know, <laughs> like, I don't care how long you've been out. Of, you know what the law is. Right, 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 right. He does. I mean, I mean, he's a repeat offender. So, so yeah. of course, he knows what the law is. But you know, and people have to take responsibility for absolutely. That was going to be my final point. It, yeah, it's but all that on said. Him. When somebody's hooked on drugs, uh, for example, take weed. I have friends who weed is not a physically addicting drug to the body, but mentally, you know, it's like, dude, stop. You got to go to work. You know, it's, right. it's you just lose that control. And I think you know, we always talk about society. It takes a village, et cetera, et cetera. Seems like it takes a village until somebody gets hooked on drugs. Then nobody wants to be near them, and then they go die in a corner uh, uh, somewhere alone. And uh, what about the NFLPA? Do you think they should have a bigger responsibility? And I'm putting this on them, not society, because yeah. they're the segment of society. No, I, 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 I don't. I don't. No, no. At the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own actions. Yeah. So Fair Unless you could convince me that there was some sort of fraud involved, you know, like yeah, yeah, trick yeah. them into doing this, which obviously isn't the case, um, then no, the NFLPA has no responsibility. It's the same, very analogous to when you see wrestlers die at a young age, right? Pro wrestlers. When they die at a young age, you're like, oh my God, did Vince McMahon pump them full of steroids? Uh, are, are they being pressured uh, to, to uh, take somas and whatnot? No. No, at the end of the day, unless Vince McMahon... No, no, they are being pressured, but it's still their decision. It's their choice. I was going to say, at the end of the day, until Vince McMahon tied you down and injected you physically with steroids, it's not him doing it, it's you doing it. So at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. And that, to me, is is the case. So the NFLPA, they have problems. I could talk to you about a lot of different things about them, probably, but this isn't one of them. Uh, Players either being broke or being um, or act or behaving antisocially is not on the NFLPA. It, it's on the players. Uh, is it uh, that doesn't? Please don't take me for a robot. I still feel sad for these players. It's tragic. Um, I do believe in education very strongly. So yes, if we can educate these former players, listen. As far as I know, the NFLPA does conduct these seminars, especially when they do. Actually, the it's not the NFLPA; it's the NFL. The NFL, okay. Seminars when it should be the NFLPA. And everybody, I love doing this because uh, sometimes John's a libertarian. I have libertarian aspects that I don't realize may be libertarian at times. But th- what John is saying is a libertarian belief. We are responsible for ourselves. At the end of the day, it's our decision and we must know what's right. It's nobody else's responsibility to make sure we follow the right path. That's on us. And that's what John's saying. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, there's a big John. Just, just let him sit in the street and die on his own. Because that's what most people would think. And there is a balance. I agree with you, but I also believe there is a balance. And and at the end of the day, though, the one side trying to help the individual may be at wit's end because they tried everything. So I would assume the NFL PA probably has a division department or something to deal with this. 
and, and maybe they are doing the right thing. But 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 I agree with you. But I think when we're talking this much money, this et cetera, et cetera, they have a responsibility to seek the, the these players out and try to help them. Only because yeah. these but, players are destroying their bodies, and we now know a lot about CTE. I agree with you, but I think certain industry yeah. segments may should try to do a little bit more. And that said, I'm not saying the NFLPA is not doing that. Right. Perception wise. It seems yeah. to me they are. But and, let's and I, I just want, I, very quickly, I want to touch on 10 seconds only, I promise, because I know we're on a schedule today. Um, you, you you said everything correctly, except for libertarians don't mind if people die in the street. It's exactly oh, no, no, not. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I, I, said, I said, that's what people. Well, oh, that's what people think. think. Okay. As they're hearing yeah. you talk, they're thinking, man, this guy wants to just let him die in the street. No, well, no. Honestly, John, that's a reason why I get frustrated at your party. I'm like, because how you said it is how y'all always say it. I'm like, and y'all wonder why you can't get a damn vote in an election. <laughs> well, you know, seriously, that, that, that's a big reason. Well, pl plug for my big questions with Big John. We have a big wig in the Libertarian Party coming on for an interview where I actually address that issue with him. Uh, okay. So, so we'll we'll help those people out. But just to let you know, we believe in people helping each other. <laughs> so it's not up to the NFLPA to help Rolando McLean. It's up to his family, his friends, anybody who knows him, um, and any of us. And I've been through oh. this. Oh, and give me 10 seconds here. Uh, before the 60s and the government tried to take uh, control of every type of charity right. uh, uh, through by, 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 by creating laws so they couldn't function, he would have had help. The yes. church was like 60 or 70 or 80% of all yep. givings came through a former fashion of the church. Yes. And the government purposely ended that right. by, by regulating the hell out of it. So, so, so our own government is hurting our own ability to help one another, as you said, the individual helping yeah, the individual. As usual, as usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Oh God, all right, that's so true. Uh, let's move on. Our favorite, you either love him or hate him. I used to hate him, I've come to love him. He, he's just so out there, but he's so real, you know, and that is Marshawn Lynch. Yep. However, our bad boy Marshawn Lynch was a little bit asleep, car damage, and arrested. He looked so out of it. He was in Las Vegas, uh, was asleep, smelled of alcohol when Las Vegas police found him in his damaged sports car, and they arrested him on suspicion of driving while intoxicated, according to an arrest report. Now, that said, John, uh, uh, this segment, it's, it's a two-tier segment. First of all, Marshawn Lynch, but second of all, Las Vegas. Let's do start with Las Vegas first. Las Vegas is indeed the city of sin. As an ex-sailor, uh, going to the city of the sin as a single right. man. What happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. And the problem is, in today's society, that's no longer the case with surveillance, right. cameras, et cetera, right. et cetera. And Lynch was a problem with that. You know, he went to the city, party, got drunk, got caught. But here's what people don't realize. And you have to go online. And, and maybe Big John can find a pic and pop it up there during the podcast, during the editing process. His car, beautiful car, it was on rims. One of the yeah, tires was, was on the rim. It was destroyed. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, the car's parked in the parking lot. What's the road look like getting that spot? And sure enough, there was a trail of litter. First of all, uh, obviously, Marshawn Lynch did something stupid that we've all done. Right. But at the age of 30, I was stupid until my 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 early, until about 24, 25. Then I woke up, as most, and that happens a lot. He's in his 30s. You know, again, going to the NFLPA, the NFL, they don't seem to do a good job of educating these people into the ways of life. What do you think of Las Vegas, the city of sin, and the fact that they are now housing a professional team? And before they got the Raiders, 
those doors were always closed because you can't have a professional team in the city of sin. We saw what happened with the uh, rebels and Tarkanians, even though nothing was proven, you know, the, the mob was talking to the players, you know, and Tark was always fighting that. So what are your thoughts if first with the uh, city of sin housing a professional team and then Marshawn's Lynch stupidity? Well, there's a lot in all that, but so Vegas in general, I love uh, just because for the most part, um, it kind of gives you the illusion of freedom of personal li liberty. It, I say illusion because it's still super regulated in Vegas, but at least some of the facade of things like um, prostitution, gambling, uh, drinking for the most part. It, Hold it, on, John. Prostitution is not legal within the city. Uh, within the right yeah. but but if you go to vegas you're in, in you, <laughs> you can very, drive the bunny ranch or whatever it's yeah 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 whatever. like reno's not that far but <laughs> you know what i mean i'm saying that that area let's let me let me rephrase that the area of las vegas so you know um so on that sense i love it on the other sense you have again you have to be a responsible adult when you go to vegas right like so Kamara, uh, not Kamara, um, Marshawn Lynch <laughs> should have known better. Absolutely. Um, but here's a case where even a libertarian says that guy should be in jail because a, he was presenting a, a danger to someone other than himself by driving True. drunk and drugs. Or, or drugs, or even if he was just sleepy, like I'm, I, the cause of it is irrelevant to me. It's just that he was driving on rims. Like, first of all, how messed up are you that as you're driving, you know, I don't know if people realize this. I'm sure you do. If you're driving on rims, it's not like a smooth ride. No. <laughs> there are sparks flying all over the place at night. It would light up like a Christmas tree around the car as you're driving. It would look like a comet entering the atmosphere. And, and the reports were saying, like, you could see grooves on the sidewalks, on, on people's property, you know, from where he drove over. This, uh, not purposely, obviously, but destroying personal property. So there's no there's no libertarian, there's no anarchist on the planet that would sit back and justify or say he shouldn't be punished. Marshawn Lynch should be in jail, and he should also be paying restitution for all the property he destroyed. That's beyond dispute. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, early on, the first report that I read said that the police came up and they found him on the, on the curb city. And, and I remember telling you, well, he's going to get off. And I know that for a fact, because I know a few sailors that have destroyed neighborhoods so hammered, they're sideswiping cars, literally passing out as they get to the to, to their apartment. Then when the cops come knocking on the door, one guy had the dash to go, that wasn't me. I mean, I had come in, and I, and I was like, dude, what happened here? And he goes, wasn't me, wasn't me. We all knew it was him, but that's when he told the cops. And cops couldn't do anything. But the fact he was behind the wheel, it's kind of funny. Had he made it, you know, a foot over and just falling out of the car, he could have, he could have pleaded. I wasn't in the car. But you're right. There, there is no excuse for this. I hope he doesn't have a problem, a drinking problem. Right. He's having a phenomenal second career with his commercials. I don't think he'll ever be an analyst or anything of that sort. No, he, he and, doesn't have the voice for it. He, yeah, he's not a good yeah. speaker. But but look, I've loved Marshawn Lynch as a player ever since he was with the Bills. People forget that he had a career That's with right. the Buffalo Bills, right? But I, I saw him back then. I loved his style because I've always liked the big bruising running backs yeah. more than the shifty guys. Cowbell. Uh, from, That's just, true Cowbell. Yeah, yeah. Like the old Earl Campbell. Uh, Larry Zonka's been my favorite player you forever. Hit, you're going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, this is inexcusable. He should have never done it. Uh, Vegas is what it is. Now, as to whether Vegas should have teams, Look, 
uh, we're kidding ourselves if we think that teams in New York and Chicago aren't approached by the mob. You know, you know, they you're are. right, John. But we're talking. This is, you know, in every major city. Yes, absolutely. That, there is that. But this is Vegas. Agreed. This is I mean, renowned city throughout the world because it's so different. It. I mean, you could. It's like it's like a sailor going to the Philippines or the oh, Caribbean. No, I, yeah. No, no, no. Hold on. I it's a, meaning the ugliest virgin kid is going to wind up with the most beautiful girl wanting a ticket to the states and you're all right, getting right. offended to go screw yourself because that's how it works <laughs> most of the time there is love right. yeah but, but so and my point being that's what vegas does to the individual you go there you're treated like a king queen beautiful women as long as you have money all right, all right, all right. So let's hope for the best for Marshawn Lynch. I personally think uh, Vegas is not good for professional teams, but if I had to say to say yay or nay, I say yay because it's a private business. Yep. I, I, it's kind of like that parent. I'm going to let you do this, son, but you're going to learn the hard way. Don't come and, crying to daddy. And, what, and what's more perfect than the Raiders being the first NFL yeah, team in yeah, Vegas? It's yeah. perfect. Well, like I guess more perfect would be if Al Davis was alive. Right. See, his son is like that ugly redheaded stepchild. <laughs> and I literally mean that. He He's an ugly redhead. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, you know, he just, uh, I have a friend who owns a bar in Palm Desert or Palm Springs. I always get the two confused. And uh, a stream of famous people go through there. And he's one of them who who is a regular visitor. All right. One of my favorite players, I was disappointed. Oh, final note, you're right. The first article I read on Marshawn Lynch, it said, former Buffalo Bills are feet. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then it hit me like, yeah. You know, all yeah. right. On the Frank Gore, one of my favorite players, dragged naked by her hair, an Atlantic City incident. Can you fill us in a little bit on that one, Big John? Yeah, this is one of those weird ones. So uh, Frank Gore, one of the greatest running backs in NFL history, um, 16,000 yards rushing over 16 years. That's that's pretty damn impressive, no matter and how you slice it. two ACL. In yeah, coming out of college, two, two, from a football perspective, no one should have your respect more than Frank right. Gore. That's all there is to it. And from every report we've ever heard, a great teammate, a great mentor. As he got older, he never got jealous. He always helped the next young guy come along. Right. So, right. like, if you're an NFL owner, the perfect player to have on your team in, at any stage of their career was Frank Gore. So let's get that out of the way. Super player. Um, he's transitioned to become a pro boxer uh, at the age of 39, 40. So yeah, yeah. much he's like Herschel. One exhibition. one exhibition. Right. But he's training to be a boxer. Right. So much like Herschel Walker transitioning to M uh, MMA cage fighting after he retired. Um, some of these guys, even like Bo Jackson, to some extent, just born athletes, born sportsmen, uh, born alpha males any way you want to say it these people are just not going to stop moving until they die basically right well, so, yeah i mean it's in their blood they can't let go i mean let's right. be honest they are at an elite level so logic would dictate even when they're forced out of the league right athleticism and skills are still much better than than, than than some youngsters who don't have the ability to make it that far so i think that's why it's happening now let's be honest 99% of these athletes in baseball, basketball, or football that, that and it's always seems to be, it was used to be boxing. Now yes. it's MMA and boxing. It's like they get shellacked. I mean, a reminder to the audience, Nate Robinson was one of the worst beatdowns I've ever seen. And to make it worse, 
it shows the art of boxing. If you look at that hit that Nate Robinson knocked him out, it looked like it barely kind of tapped him, you know, because it's so fast. Right. And, and he was, that's what makes it impressive. The first time I saw somebody knocked out while they're falling. Was oh, like, he was out before he hit the ground. Yeah, yeah no, no, Mike no Tyson doubt. did yeah. the marvelous Frazier and Nate, it's like, uh, uh, Paul, Logan Paul, or Jake yeah. Paul, two goes, hold my beer, I'll do it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, so he's one and oh in exhibition. He's got his first professional fight coming on. He is being charged with simple assault. My but question, you know, yeah, I was, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, what's, what's interesting is he's being charged with simple assault, but after I've read what I've read, and again, I, I can, I'm only privy to what's been made public. Um, I'm not sure what he did or how he did it or what level this escalated to, because initially when police were called, the, the police didn't even arrest him. Right. They didn't even do the thing where they remove him from the room. You know, like for people that don't know, most calls for domestic abuse or violence, even the initial ones that pan out not to have been any sort of abuse. The first thing cops are trained to do is remove the male <laughs> from the environment whether it's sexist or not by the way i don't hear feminists complaining about that the first thing they do <laughs> is they take the men out of the situation uh even if it's their own home even if it's the man's apartment or the man's house the first thing they do is they take the man away until they but figure out what's John, going on he dragged him by the hair he went caveman I, i'm pitching gore with with, with his well, 49ers in a big old club dragging her but but I but think, the point is, they, they didn't make any arrests and they didn't take him out of the situation. And the police report said no visible injuries of any kind on the woman. So it was a couple of weeks later that they decided to charge him with simple assault. Now, I don't know what that means. Like, to your point, was it that he physically harmed her? Was it what, what back in the Bronx we used to call goon arming? If you've ever goon armed a woman, like if she's hysterical, you just kind of put one arm under her armpit and the other one on her elbow and you just kind of steer her away from a situation. Like technically, I guess that might be simple assault, but I think all of us would view that as, um, you know, not to sound you know, crazy that's a here, good point. but that's a I don't good know. Because remember Kareem Hunt? I mean, he decked the woman, but the woman was coming. And the reason I got so mad at society, I was like, look, okay, I, I agree. You don't deck him like he did, but she was attacking him. Yes, uh, I, I remember that issue with society. Yeah. yeah. A, a woman can come at you with a knife, a gun, or whatever, and, and, and if you defend yourself, you're at fault. Yeah. You know, so I have issues with that, but but that's not related. But but in terms of your goon army, maybe it was something like that. I just can't picture. I don't think we'll know until uh, October when he's when 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 he starts the, his court appearances. But this simple assault, they keep saying woman, so I'm assuming it wasn't somebody he was related to in the sense girlfriend, right. wife, or whatnot. But another retired player, another dumb idiotic move. He's he's having not as good as Mr. Marshawn Lynch, but he's kept his name alive, and people right. realize this. For retired athletes to still continue being in the limelight, that's important to them. That's their ego. Think of a gladiator in the Roman Coliseum, 50,000 in the adulation. That's what those players live for. They right. love a camera. They love attention. It's right. part of who they are. It's not good or bad. It's just who they are. You know, I want to say I wish Frank were the best because I, I love him so much because of everything he's come through. But I just hope that that, that right comes out of all this because, again, doesn't matter if you like him, love him, hate him, or whatnot. People need to be held responsible. Uh, agreed. If if you've assaulted someone, that's all there is to it. Again, there's no defense to that. Uh, oh, the only defense is self defense, right? If you think if you claim someone was attacking you or threatening you, that's the only situation where vo violence, in my opinion, is warranted. Um, but 
to your point, I'm going to wait to hear what happens because I just don't know the, 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 the description and then the charges and then I, they don't all necessarily add up. So I'm going to wait to hear what happens. All right. I, I don't want to, this is a very deep topic here, but I don't want to spend the deep topic on it because everybody's talked it out. I wanted to briefly discuss the fact that in the Dolphin Flores issue where Flores accused the Dolphins of racism, of tanking, of it, he, he threw the kitchen sink at him. And it turns out none of it was true. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say it wasn't true. It wasn't as he said it. And right. and But the aftermath saw that, that the NFL... Uh, 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 oh gosh, I'm Brian Blake here. Uh, remove Stephen Ross from the ability to act as owner along with his number one uh, for, for about a year. They suspended him, first round pick taken, I believe. Uh, but the real issue that I'm still hearing from my friends is, well, how come Tom Brady and Sean Payton aren't getting in trouble for tampering? And and, and that was my first thought. I was like, hold on, you got Stephen Ross, you, you got his number one Beal. But you've done nothing to Sean Payton and and, and and Tom Brady. And I think that rule has to change. But, John, it, it's a rule. The the, the the parties being taught to or whatever, uh, as long as the players, they can't be touched. What's, what's your take on this? And should Sean Payton and Tom Brady have some responsibility of guilt in the punishment? Uh, before you answer, I think they do. Because those are two parties engaging in illegal shenanigans. What's your take? Um, probably you're not going to agree with me. I don't think Peyton or Brady, especially Peyton, if he, if he wasn't an employee of the NFL, if he, oh, yes, under- he still is. Okay. So he's employee. still, oh, right. He's still I mean, pro- he's under contract. He's under contract with the saints. You're right. Okay. That's right. So, um, what I was going to say is I don't understand what tampering means. Um, because in any other business, uh, look, you and I both ran companies before William, you're you always know that if you develop some young talent, someone else is going to come hire them away from right, you. Sure. Try one right. caveat when you're still under contract, because I was, you get that non compete, we're paying you, you can't work for or talk to anybody else. Oh, 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 that. that is very common. In oh, the oh, oh, yes, if, if and, and so, so, so look at that's that's what Sean Payton pretty much is under. You know, right. and Tom Brady, uh, 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 but he, uh, un, un, under whose contract though? So that to me, that's that's a legal distinction, right? Is it up the to NFL? Each, is it, is the, it team the NFL shirt? or is sure. it the teams? Right? Because there's yeah. a difference. Well, From no, the there's NFL, not. They both fall under the same rules, but it well, is no, no, well, difference. Right, it right. What, what I'm, yeah, I'm saying there is a difference. So from the NFL's perspective, which is what I think happened here, there's two possibilities. One is. Yeah, Stephen Ross tried to tamper with these players, but they were not the ones who initiated it, and they rebuffed all the nonsense, right? That could be one one. No, 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 no. We don't know they rebuffed the nonsense. No, no, I'm saying could be, could be an explanation yeah. as to why they didn't get punished. The second thing is um, players have to look. The, the truth of the matter is unless they enter formal negotiations – People are always talking. What do you think? When there's a party and there's two players from different teams in the same John, room, John, they're not trying to no recruit each other? No, there is no formal negotiations of that because it's it's, it's either they agree, they likely agree to all this in the informal, and once the first step is made, it's kind of one and done. You know, they're going to bring the coach over, bring radio. You know, it, it's 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 not like this long-term process. It's it's all done. This is, this is kind of like a book. You know, it's like you're making your bed there, bookie. You know, everybody accepts it, but it's illegal. 
I guess my issue here, because and my some of my friends are right, they're Brady haters. Uh, I used to be a Brady hater. I'm no longer Brady. I actually admire the guy seven rings every six round, et cetera, et cetera. But they're kind of telling, well, why does Brady always get away with it? And, you know, there may be some truth to it. Oh, what sure. This wasn't Brady. You know, what if it was a Roland McClain type guy, you know? Yeah. And that's my issue with that. But that said, the rule is there, so nothing would have happened to those guys. But I believe the rule should be changed. Why? Because if they were punishing Peyton and Brady, as I believe they should have, do you think the next time a conversation like this happens, the guys, the players are going to go, bro, stop. You want to get suspended for two years. This is the Cleveland Browns owner. The FBI is all over him. He's not the brightest owner in the, you know, in the shed, you know. So, 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 I'm a firm believer. People learn by seeing what happens to others, you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, the the point is, is that they are exempt from that. And I hope this rule changes, but I really don't see it changing much. And uh, five seconds, final comment. Yeah, let the teams handle it. I wouldn't get the league involved. In other words. You, you made a good point about non-competes. Let each team enforce their own non-competes. Each non-compete has a punishment. Uh, of well, you can't. You can't in the NFL because the way the league's structured. So, so, but, so. but that, actually, that's the way I do actually, it. Actually, they're doing it right. You know, if you're a chapter and something serious happens, national is going to get involved. And view the NFL as the national chapter uh, 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 uh over the 32, I mean, the national. So the NFL acts as an arbitrator. The, the NFL yeah. acts as an arbitrator in that case. Not. And as... that's what they hired. So owners have hired the commissioner actually to, to be that type Fair of Fair enough. Then that's yeah. the way they should handle it. That way it would vary from case to case, right? It would depend on each individual. Uh, but that does not work in society. As a business owner, you know good and well that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we could sit there and distinguish, say, a bonus to one employee who was great and not give one to the other because they all suck. That judges have changed that, <coughs> excuse me, through their stupidity. And now, when I would give a gift, I'd have to give the same gift to everybody, the worst of the lot or the best of the to the best of the lot. So, 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 you it, it, society doesn't work like a libertarian wants it to. Is my point. Okay, Akeem Talib. <clears throat> Akeem Talib is re retired. Great player, potential Hall of Famer. I'm not quite sure if he is. I remember watching him, and I love watching him, and. He could cover quite a bit uh, of the NFL, but when it came to the elite players, it was never a given with him uh, as well. But he had greater talent than the average quarterback, and he retired, just got signed by Amazon to be part of the Thursday night football team. And his brother at a youth football game where he was at shoots and kills another individual. <clears throat> at first, Tlaib's name was out of it, except for the fact that he was the brother. Right. Then it came out that he was there. Then it came out that he may have started it. And uh, uh, that's some serious ramifications uh, beyond stupidity. We're talking the loss of a human life. And uh, Jason Whitlock has kind of broken the story quite a bit. And it's still in the, the newness of it. <clears throat> and there's still a lot more to come out. But, John, your thoughts, again, maybe a little bit of a repeat tale, but <clears throat> what is Talib thinking in that, in, in that situation? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know what started it means. Um, I don't know if you have any extra information than I do, but what has started it mean? Did he get into a verbal thing and then his brother stepped in to to sort of end it physically? Um, and that's just it. some of some of it's still coming out right now. What right. we know he was he was they're, they're viewing uh, Talib as being in the middle of the fight. And this was in Texas. It was uh, uh, this past Saturday in which the coach was fatally shot. 
and video, you know, you know, because of that, the, the, the society we live in uh, came out afterwards. And the coach was fatally shot, you know, and uh, Talib's brother, I think his name is Yak. I don't uh, forget my pronouncing Yaku, Y-A-Q. So you uh, be so Yaku uh, turned himself in. And it showed that moments before the coach was killed, uh, uh, it says that showed the station also reported that witnesses identified a key to leave in the footage is wearing a hat and white sneakers. Multiple witnesses said to leave was one who started the brawl, apparently due to being upset about referees, according to WFAA. And that's the issue I have. <clears throat> when you allow parents to sit there and scream and yell, and we've seen the stories over the last 20, 30 years, it started with complaining, yelling. Then it started to escalating. Then it started to physical fights. Now it's gone to referees just stopping and quitting, and they go home and the game's unfinished. Now we're talking dead people. You see how so when society lets things escalate, this is what happens. And to me, this is the problem with progressivism. You know, so there's nothing. People say conservatives, y'all don't want change. No, it's not that we don't want change. It's if the law's working, why change it? Oh, we have to have compassion. Well, tell that to the family. Who, who now had to go and pay for a funeral of somebody who was taken too soon. So I look at this whole Tlaib issue as a societal issue. And based on what I said, what's your take? But more importantly, should he keep that Amazon Prime gig? Well, from my general answer to all your questions are, there's no such thing as societal crimes. There's no such thing as- No, I didn't say societal crimes. No. I'm saying how society allows things to go too far. Okay. And actually, John, there is society crime. If you kill somebody, that's that's a crime. No, no, that's a crime, but it's not society's fault that you killed someone. You killed someone. So that's what I meant. And uh, should he lose his gig? I don't know. Look, if I'm Amazon Prime, here's what I do. I keep him. I probably, he signed to a contract. I'm sure there's an out. Um, now, with Amazon, it's going to be a little difficult because they don't really have much to go on in terms of established ratings, right? They just had, uh, what was it, Thursday Night Football last year, I think? It's streaming, John, but for the fact that they came hard with so much money, it must have been a big success. Uh, right. The well, they're making a big move. I know they signed Kay Adams away from the NFL Network, right? So so to them, it's, it should really – look, from Amazon's perspective, it's what they think improves their bottom line. So I, I can't speak to that. Uh, is there any quote moral obligation to fire him? No, not at all. He didn't commit a crime, as far as I know, um, until he does. Well, hold on. Well, they. I, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the yeah. law, but I always hear accessory. If he got the fight started and going, you know, and, and it was over the score, <laughs> it was over the score. Well, uh, uh, an accessory to a crime means you didn't commit the crime, but you helped the person who did commit the crime. And commit that's what the I'm crime. wondering. Will a prosecutor try to... I have no idea. So just, a, an accessory to the crime in this case, I'll give you a totally made-up scenario, would be if uh, a keep to leave held the guy down and his brother stabbed him. That's an accessory to yeah, a crime, Hold on, right? hold on, hold on. Hold on no. <laughs> you're right. But, but, but you're also an accessory to the crime if you're away from it, if you knew they were going to murder somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, hold on, here's a better one. Right, right. You're an accessory to the crime even if you didn't break into the car, but it was stolen and you got in after afterwards. So, so it's, no, no, it's there's an accessory after the fact, there's an accessory. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of definitions, but all of them involve, all of them involve somehow aiding the criminal to commit the crime. 
It also involves could potentially involve conspiracy. Did they plot to kill this guy? And, well, no, no, there's no plotting. But no, but I'm saying sad, there's a lot of possibilities. Sad. There's a lot he, of possibilities. Is right, what I'm saying. Sad. So the question is, is where was Akeem when the brother fled? I, I, I don't I'm know. That's, that's, yeah. for, that's for judges and, and uh, police and judges and lawyers to sort out, right? I'm saying as of right now, I'm not willing to pin, from what I understand, and it's limited, the murder of this person, which is tragic, on Aqib Tlaib. I'm not willing oh, to I'm do that. I'm not neither. I'm not neither. But what I'm saying is I have a problem when somebody is big and famous because that commands. It doesn't It doesn't mean you respect the mind. And I said, no, that tends to command. He's on a football field. Youth football. They're going to look at Tlaib. And whatever he says is godlike to them because he's a professional Super Bowl winning uh, uh, defensive back, you know? So, so. Again, that's my issues with libertarians. It's always black and white when life is not black and white. So, but that said, I'm not condemning him, but I'm like, he had the power to stop this before it began. And yet he was one who started it. Now that said, it's not Talib's fault. Is or maybe it is. Did he know? I, I don't know. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it, it's an ugly situation. And uh, uh, it's one that, that, that we're going to have to wait. Because when you look at that video, it was chaotic. And, but to me, it's just an ugly, another ugly incident at a youth football game because the adults act like children of five, six years old. All right. We've had some famous people pass away. Uh, I just want to touch on it briefly. Ivana Trump, icon. You know, she was the pre-2016 Trump, part of the high society pages of New York City in the 70s and 80s. Real quick, John, uh, your thoughts on Ivana and, and may she rest in peace is what I assume you're going to say as well. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's tragic the way that she passed away. Basically, she fell um, at her age. You know, it, it always when you're young, it always sounds so crazy. You mean you could die from a falling in your apartment? Hell, when, when you're I young. Can't get up. Yeah. We when you're young, you think that. that. Yeah. When you're young, you think that. Yeah. You start hitting 50 and over. Yeah. Look, you trip and your knee hurts for six months afterwards at 50. You know what I mean? So. It is tragic. Um, I don't know if I'd use the word icon with her. She was she was certainly a socialite when she married Donald Trump. Oh, no, John, John. I was in North Carolina at the time in the 70s and 80s. I mean, Ivana Trump was nationally known. As yes, a, she was. She was. She was nationally and, known. Yes. Pop culture is that's what pop culture is all about. Andy Warhol in the 60s, you know, Trump yeah. in the 70s, you know, Gilligan's Island in the 60s. That's what, and, and that's where I kind of view them. But anyway, uh, Ivana Trump rest in peace you led a magnificent life you lived the american dream now people may hate you for your version of the american dream but i'm sorry before we got into this these the 700 pound gorillas who are as perfect as jesus christ is uh, behind their computers the lifestyle they led is what americans wanted remember the 80s greed is good greed mm -hmm. is not good uh, uh but wanting to better your life and live uh, uh in a way that you dream of fantasize there's nothing wrong with that that's what keeps us going and moving forward as humans, like it or not. Star Trek. Uh, it's been a little while, but we haven't given our dude to Michelle Nichols. Dude, I had a crush on her. Uh, I mean, actually, it wasn't that I had a crush on her. Being prepubescent, it was how short the skirts were and, and her body. And uh, being Latino, we love uh, uh, curvy women. Now, I'm not trying to sexualize her. But as a kid, when I saw Michelle Nichols in that outfit on the bridge, I was just a, a, a dog in heat looking at her, you know? But she trailblazed. 
She trailblazed for, 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 for black women. She trailblazed for women. Now, they're going over the top with her trailblazing uh, in terms of the role she played and, and the scenes and time. But the fact she was in that position is the trailblazing that I'm referring to in Breaking Barriers. And I congratulate her for that. I congratulate her for always having a kind heart and you hear nothing but good stories with her and how she treated her fans at the conventions and she's left us, but she didn't leave us too soon. She was 89 years old, led a vibrant life, made her mark, God rest her soul, and may her next journey be everything she ever could dream of happening in the afterlife. Your thoughts, John? Actually, she's one I would use the word iconic with because I think people underestimate how much of a trailblazer she was. Because when first of all, she was part of the first interracial kiss on American that's right. television. Oh, that's right. That's right. People we, don't we, realize we, that yeah. when her and Shatner had a kiss, yeah. that was like earth shattering at the time. It had never been seen on that's American right. television, probably in the movies at some point, but not on no, television. No, no. I, Oh, yeah, yeah, in the movies, yes, because the next famous one around the same time was Roger Moore uh, with the the, 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 the the model who was playing the role in, in his first uh, James Bond movie. No, uh, but uh, you're right. Diane Carroll. Oh, I'm not sure, but... Uh, but that guy, I think. Yeah, but Michelle Nichols, in that sense, <clears throat> was very iconic, very trailblazing. And there's this story <clears throat> that she used to like to tell that she was thinking of quitting because it was very rough for her on the set, supposedly, and of all people, Martin Luther King walked up to her and said, what you're doing is inspiring our people. Yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. quit. You have to hang on for the rest of us. And supposedly she was so moved by someone like Dr. King saying her that, that she decided to stay for the full run of the show. So right. yes, a trailblazer. Yes, super iconic. And yes, very much a part of the dreams of every young boy or teenager whoever saw Star Trek, A, because of the outfit, B, she was a very attractive, curvy woman. And to all, when you put it all together, you're absolutely right. Iconic and trailblazing, no doubt I'm just thinking, that was such a sexualized show and how it was. Women, but, uh, Listen, you know, as, as, progressive, as progressive as Gene Roddenberry was in his political views and everything, you talk to any women, including Majel Barrett, who was, uh, she played Nurse Chapel. She was uh, in the later Star Trek things. She was his wife in real life. Right, right, right. She My said there was no bigger poon hound on the, on the face of the planet than Gene Roddenberry. Exactly. And often, and often mean to women, too. So, well, 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 he yeah. slept with Nichelle Nichols. And when oh, with all of them. Her, when they asked him about it, <laughs> she said, she pretty much had one word. He's like, voracious I mean, or, or, or something like his sexual appetite yeah, just no bounds yeah. and i'm like whoa <laughs> you know yeah. but all right john let's close it out with with next episode i, I want to go deeper as the picks go on because the draft is happening right now for the right. fantasy experts experts league it's called fanex a little bit about fanex and then next episode i want to, we're going to go more in depth with your actual draft but but my former company was part of fanex we actually won the uh the, the draft where you just draft and you let the, the, right. the you best, ball. best ball, but you're not in the best ball. You're in there every day, correct? So yeah. first of all, tell us about uh, uh, Fanex, a little bit about its history. And, and then why hasn't it gotten as big as it should have gotten or should be? Yeah. So Fanex brief history, which if you watch the big question with big John episode featuring Greg Kellogg, who, uh, who is a, a fantasy a sports hall of fame uh, inductee, one of the originals, uh OG. Fanex, yeah og uh fanex st stands for fantasy experts league and it was first created by greg kellogg and joe bryant 
uh, Joe Bryan is uh, with footballguys.com, the, the founder of footballguys.com. Um, they founded the league and it was by invitation only. It grew out of the old news groups. We're talking about the mid nineties. This is before web 2.0, even before web 1.0, where the main action for fantasy football occurred on what used to be uh, uh, news groups, postings. Um, there was no visuals, no back and forth in terms of interactive. So Fanex back in the day became a way and, and Greg's vision was initially half experts, half super fans. And every year the, the super fans part would change. The winner would stay, they would invite a couple another guy. And, then, and eventually what happened was the super fans became experts and they, be, they became part of the industry by becoming writers or, or right, whatever, right? Right, right, right. So, and Fanex in the mid to late nineties was a prestigious thing. I mean, it took me from sports grumblings about seven years to get in because you had to wait for an opening. Someone had to quit or retire. Unfortunately, in some cases, people passed away. Openings came up on the teams. And then there was this nomination process, just like a Hall of Fame. The existing members had to nominate someone they felt deserved a spot. Yeah. So I got in about seven, eight years in. In the beginning, it was super, super influential. But I think it was more closely associated with the magazines as opposed with the internet. So typically when you got your FanX league results, you read it in the magazine early in the summer, back when you yeah, used to run to the, the newsstand, yeah. you know. Um, they did change quickly because during the first draft in Vegas, uh, they, they were a featured uh, uh, expert league draft in the first couple of seminars in the late 90s. And they, and. and do you think their independence is what killed them? Meaning they were onto that they were unto themselves. Part of it, nobody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had issues with some of the personalities there. And if I remember correctly, don't quote. It got to a point. I said, "We're done." You know, yeah. uh, uh, we were. It's not that we were bigger than them. It's. It's. I saw the writing of the law. And I saw. I personally felt some of the personalities were hampering its natural growth. And it was kind of a, 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 a turnoff for me in that moment in time, yeah. not looking at the bigger yeah. picture and what it was, yeah. but being a little bit selfish in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts there? Well, it was never run as a business, which is was its downfall. So it was run as a prestige thing, but it was almost run as a prestige thing for the industry. Meaning right. like if you were an insider and you're like, man, I got invited to compete against Kellogg and Ryan Houston and William Del Pilar and Joe Bryant and all these guys, you know, of the top sites, the top experts, and you were competing against them. Um, and I'm in the regular draft, which means you play out the season. I think I've won the championship once or twice. I forget. What um, round is it drafted right now? Right now, the, and it's a slow email draft. Um, it's in round 18. Oh, perfect. So, so next episode. Thing. Next episode will be done. I'll, I'll give you we'll my whole it. thing. I did, I did go unconventional this year just to let people know. So I'm trying a new strategy because I don't have my stats with me. I'm not in the grind anymore. But yeah. Um, yeah. the point to being the that audience. had, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just had to say this to the audience. So, so John sends me his first pitch. Just out of the blue. I didn't realize he was in the league. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but when he sends me the uh, pick, I go, you don't realize this is happening right now <laughs> in a sense of something else was affecting that, that pick in the, you know, indirectly, but they were connected. It's just so classic. You make the pick and then you find something out that just happened. And you're like, really? 
well, why do you have to ruin my day when I'm on cloud nine with a pick? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, man, so, so, so your final comments on that there, Big John, before we close it out. Yeah, I think, not that they're a downfall because it's still going on, but where it didn't get to the height that I think you're referring to is it never made that final business decision. It was never run by a marketer. It was always run by a football guy. Uh, a, a journalist, a not a business or a marketer. Whereas someone should have incorporated FanX, whoever, like Greg and Joe, if they haven't, they should incorporate and, and trademark it. And Joe's not dumb. He runs a successful business. Uh, I think a successful family business. Yes, and absolutely. And David Dodds built football guys up into something big. So it's but not for like whatever reason between Greg and uh, Joe, they never made it. Uh, a business. I'm not even saying that they didn't try to. I'm saying the result was it never became like, for example, it should have been associated with the NFL network or sports line or ESPN right. or something well, and like that's that. That's just it. Ownership. That's what they didn't want to give up in mind. That's what I saw. They, they, they were a closed knit group. Even some of us brought in later were never insiders. We're always the outsiders. And, uh, and that's fine because that's how I do a lot of expert leagues. Right. It just seemed as there's a lot of egos uh, leading FanX and they didn't want to see the, the 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 bigger picture of what it could and should be. Uh, and they left it. Like, for example, when, when, when I think we pulled out, or and I can't remember so long ago, I immediately realized, well, that's not the best decision to make here. You know, take a step back from the personal issues you, you may have. And nothing bad, bad. It's just like, come on. You know, that's yeah, right. But... It's still going, and, and that's phenomenal. And if it's still going, that means down the road, maybe it, it does have that opening because it is, a, it is to me, the league. And, and you're right. The FSGA now, before the FSCA, now the FSGA, they got smart. They're promoting their own expert leagues. And I see the FSGA expert league as eventually becoming the dominant. But the thorn in the side will be Fanix if they ever decide to up the prestige of that league on a grander scale. And with that, John, I'll give you the final word on Fanix. Yeah, Fanex. Look, I I enjoy being in it simply because I know a lot of the people. But I'll be the first to tell you, the league is getting older. Like a lot of folks are our age, William, in their mid oh, to late fifties. Yeah. They need new blood, if not older. They need to bring in some of the young pups. Um, they started to do that as as many of us have retired or slowed down. Like Greg, for example, uh, retired from Fanex several years ago, and I think he might be in in one of the leagues this year because it's they have several leagues. They have the full play. The analysis draft, which is best ball, and they also have an auction league, which is completely, you know, a full auction league. So well, we'll see what happens. But to me, that is the 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 next path. You know, it's it's hopefully what happen. We'll see. One final question: uh, Is there a website people can go to to check it out? Maybe we yeah. can put it on the screen at the bottom when the segment comes up. Yeah, I'll I'll throw it up there, but I think it's Fanex uh, Fanex Football, and then I'll throw up one of the draft leagues you could go to myfantasyleague.com we have the draft set up there so they can that, actually follow it there and that's part of the problem of why their prestige hasn't grown they, they've not followed through with, with, with a good website you know things right. of that nature. Right. but that said it's still fantasy football we're hot in the season it's a lot of fun today was a bit of a more serious episode with the police blotters i like to call it uh, but we got to talk to fa about Famix. We got to wish some people uh, a good send off. People who, uh, oh, and real quick, two more people who did pass away, leave it the Beavers, Tony Dow, everybody knows, and Pat Carroll. Nobody well, knows. I didn't her. know. <laughs> Pat Carroll, nobody knows, but she was famous in her time. And my whole point is famous fleeting. Live in the moment, appreciate those who you love, because the adulation will go away once you're no longer in front of the camera. Very true. And with Very that, true. John, everyone, 
you have been listening. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> you all have been listening to Points on the Board. If you listen to us, you found us either on Rumble or through Sports Grumblings or through YouTube. And we thank you for your support. We hope you share. And until next time, I bid everyone adieu. Good night, John. Good night, everyone. And don't forget, we're also on all the podcasting platforms. So Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, find us there too. Not just YouTube and Rumble. Everywhere, everywhere you can find us, find us. And after that, good night, everyone.